talk about revolution that's going a little bit too far. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Well, sure, the Frinky Act 7 looks impressive. Don't touch it. But I predict that within 100 years, computers will be twice as powerful, 10,000 times larger, and so expensive that only the five richest kings of Europe will own them. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of More Like the Worst Wing, our show where here now as 2022 wraps up, we are still taking a look back at formerly Aaron Sorkin's seminal work, The West Wing, from a modern leftist socialist perspective. I am Dave. And I am Stu. And we are looking at the episode entitled The Mommy Problem, which is episode episode two (laughs) of season seven. Uh, Yeah, the eponymous mommy problem (laughs) while getting at it is that, what is it? Is that when times are tough, Americans want a strong daddy, which is the Republicans. But then when times are good, they want mommy, which is the Democrats, So is basically. Yeah, so there's this right-wing podcaster his name's ben shapiro ben shapiro has a sister (laughs) (laughs) his sister is endowed in a certain area (laughs) you're talking about the big mommy milkers problem (laughs) that's a different problem (laughs) yeah so this is the the theme is it, it it is explained in the course of the episode like yeah what this means and frankly it's you know the most irritating but completely accurate gendered bullshit about yes. the American electorate. Uh, and it also it fits this like stereotype that, I, like I said, I, I assume is basically treated as gospel still by all the various serious people. That just like Democrats can never win on security. Mm. Uh, where, and Republicans, meanwhile, will always, you know, never win on domestic issues. You know, mommy issues. Yeah, and I mean, I mean to go super meta about it, it's just another example of fucking team sportsing literally everything in society yep. where, oh, these two things couldn't possibly be hand in glove with each other, literally inextricable from foreign policy, your economics issues. What are you even talking about? How, right. how could you possibly conceive... Of those things not being deeply tied and, frankly, equally important. Like, right. it's all dialectical, but of course, you know, in our stupid fucking society, this is how it goes. No, we, we break them all up into these little separate categories that you can do, you know, one after another at a debate. So that, you know, you talk about economics and then you talk about foreign policy and, you know, you, never the twain shall meet. And like, yeah, and you can be like, oh, no, my favorite is domestic policy. Oh, no, my favorite <laughs> is foreign policy. <laughs> like, oh, you have peanut butter in my chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, speaking of economics, that's basically what the focus of Santos's campaign is trying to pivot to is now that, you know, everyone knows handsome and education plan. They're trying to give him a little bit more depth, as it were. And so he's talking about his economics. Jimmy Smith is out there. He's trying to pitch this, like, awful material. And he's doing these bad, like, dad jokes of, like, yeah. hey, you know, I'll be the first one unemployed if it doesn't go well. And everyone's just like, boo. <laughs> well, and like, the, the crowd's not having it. So the first few minutes of the episode, I actually, like, I go back and forth because, and we're just going to, focus on the santo stuff for the time being Um, yes yeah like there's a nice montage of 
Yeah. What, what I think is Jimmy Smith's... So, first of all, it's set to the fucking boomeriest possible song. Um, <laughs> it's the most... It's, it's fucking Jetter Liner by, by... Yes, it's the one that every film has used ever in the history it of is, mankind. It is, like, so montage. Like, it's the, it's the perfect... Like, okay, we're campaigning. This is our campaigning montage. Like, it is perfect <laughs> well, in just, that regard. It always strikes me whenever I see it, because you'll see it everywhere. <laughs> it's like, it's basically like setting, I don't know, like setting a, like a war scene to a war song. <laughs> it's just like, oh, right. not only am I watching this is what's being happening, right. I'm being yeah. told that this is what's yeah, it's, it's what Yeah, it's, it's like, okay, footage of Vietnam helicopters and Fortunate Son is kicking in. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. We're, we're fully in it now, aren't it's, we? It's legitimately institutional. And I hope, you know what? I hope Steve Miller, I think he's dead, but I hope his estate earns royalties forever on these residuals. <laughs> I, I assume someone is. Uh, they definitely paid every... I, I know shows pay well for all this licensed stuff. So yeah, the great little montage of like, we're campaigning. And again, the only problem with this is like, okay, we're still campaigning. Yeah. You know, it's no different than last episode or the episode before. But like, you know, at the same time, this is going to be the state of the show for oh, the next sure. 12 to 15 episodes. <laughs> well. As the as the title card helpfully informs us, it's 111 days to the election or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, and in this particular montage, I, I did notice and I made sure to note that like um, in these shots, like Jimmy Smith's is I'm assuming physically like while acting is having fun with this stuff sure. because now it's kind of like flashy. You're on location. You're doing stuff. You're being dynamic and shit. And right. he is. He's very handsome and just he's incredibly charismatic when he's like yep. smiling and joshing with people. It is right, and he's got all this fresh energy, and he's young and he's healthy. And, you know, he's not Bartlett, what with his MS and, and you know <laughs> yes. everything. Well, and yeah, confined and it, to a wheelchair. You know, he's jogging around, he's shaking people's hands, he's you know high fiving. He looks good. Uh, and I'll say, like, they picked the right guy because I think it transcends the character, and it's literally like. The dude is like legitimately Just, warm and friendly, yeah, like a having a blast. About him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he, they picked a good, you know, he, he's like Martin Sheen back when early Martin Sheen mm-hmm. before they made him old and infirm and everything with all the MS and the and the stuff the writers piled on him. But back, you know, back when he was first in the beginning, when he had all the like full charisma behind mm-hmm. him. Yeah, that's what we're getting now. We're getting like the full treatment. With yeah. Jimmy Smith, and, and it's great. Uh, and like I mentioned, if if they shoved out Leo and instead picked his handsome assistant oh, yeah. <laughs> to be VP instead, boom, lock it up now, done. You win women ninety ten. Mm-hmm. Yep, it will end that. In addition to like, you know, eventually at the end of the show, where it's just montages <laughs> yeah. of Jimmy Smith's in uniform flying fighter jets. Fucking might as well just be playing Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. <laughs> when we were watching, we were watching it. I didn't know what was like. I don't really know the course of these episodes very well, but Emma was sitting on the couch next to me. She just goes, and the next three minutes makes this show all worthwhile. (laughs) (laughs) Sploosh. Sploosh. (laughs) Yeah, this is is what I was thinking of. I had mentioned this like a few episodes ago. I thought it already happened, but this is what I was thinking of when he has his fucking, you know, oh, technically I'm in the naval reserves. Mm -hmm. I have to still like go do my deployment 
it's coming up or whatever. Uh, you know, oh, I'll guess I'll be in a fighter jet. You know, maybe we want to have some cameras there kind of thing. <laughs> like, maybe let the American public know that I am a huge badass and I'm a huge badass with guns. It's like, right, oh and, my and God. that I served in the Navy and was, you know, fucking probably killed people or all that, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, that basically, again, is an instant win of the election button, basically. <laughs> no problem. Well, like I said earlier, if he hopped out of that fighter jet and bit into a Nathan's hot dog, he wins. He wins. <laughs> That's it. Just don't let don't let the press have any pictures of the moment that you take the bite of the hot dog because nobody <laughs> right because that's awkward eating but like but you have to tell them that you ate a hot mm-hmm, dog though, mm-hmm. and they, there needs to be proof heck hold it up you know get a picture of it <laughs> yeah. next to your face just yeah, not then, as it's and just, entering and then dip behind the jet to take the bite yeah yeah and then and then just come back out with the wrapper and then, ah. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, so yeah, he it, they, they kind of go back and forth on like, oh, should we do it? It's going to be called a stunt, and, and toward the end of it, half the press is calling it a stunt, and Josh is like, yeah, but who cares? They're showing the footage, which is of course the entire point. Like, who gives a fuck what they call it as long as they're running the story? Yeah, no shit. Well, and, no such thing as bad publicity, kind of thing. Well, and again, we I I was ranting about the goddamn bed thing, but. They also, right. like, as, as weird, so actually, I don't think I was ranting in the recording here. It's been eight minutes, and I'm already distracted. Um, so <laughs> later on, as they're, you know, continuing campaigning or whatever, they get, like, a, like a leak from the media. A scandal alert. A scandal yeah. alert that there has this been This is a, after Josh has done his, uh, tape his self to the uh, seat thing. Jesus his old law school trick. Where he says, yeah, when you so, have to work out a problem, he takes his belt off. Which, like, he's going into a room with a female assistant, uh, telling them to close the door and taking his belt off. And she has to go, like, uh... Sir? Um... <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. Don't worry. It's another weird thing that I'm doing. Yes, <laughs> and, so... <laughs> I'm, and I'm strapping myself to the chair. <laughs> no. No, this time it isn't a sex thing. Don't, don't worry. It's not a perverted weird thing. It's just a different weird thing. <laughs> so this, is, this actually transitions well into what I'm about to bitch about because... This doesn't fucking exist. What are you doing? You are yeah, making this shit up. What? Yeah. And it's so performative. Like, oh, I, I don't. Anyway, so from the yeah. twisted minds well, that. I only mention that because that's how he ends up on the floor. And we get this great little POV shot looking up at tall, handsome assistant where tall, handsome assistant is like, you're going to want to hear this one. And that's our intro to the bed story. Yeah. Well, and also, so. Um, I was going to say the, like the, from the twisted minds that bring you the idea of like using your belt to tie yourself to the chair comes the idea for this fucking scandal that is happening. (laughs) So we're going to, he gets this message. And so apparently there's been a photograph leaked of the, something that happened, something that happened in Cleveland. Stop. Yep. Yes. And the Cleveland campaign stop. Josh Santos bedroom. Ooh, and so Josh stops the elevator with the congressman inside and says, hey, something happened in Cleveland. You want to tell me about it? And so the only good part of this is Jimmy Smith's riffs about having a fake flight attendant boyfriend. (laughs) um, Yeah. Which is exactly how I would respond and be like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Sure and then thing. just trails off midway through and like looks at Josh and is like, come on. Like, what do you what do you expect me to say? So, 
The actual scandal. But is, then does stop him. Like he stops the elevator again. Goes, wait a second, Cleveland. <laughs> like he suddenly I, yeah. remembers something. I'm, the and the timing is fucked up on this too. Like everything is fucked up and weird about this whole thing. So they have a picture. It turns out the scandal is that the media got a picture of the hotel bed that the Santoses stayed in in Cleveland, and it's busted. It's broken. Like the bed F- is broken. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the other thing. It's just like this is just a photo of a broken bed, and it's like okay. Well, this was the bed that the the presidential candidate and his wife stayed in. It's like, okay, how did, like, uh, am I, my brain just- Were they jumping on it? No, they were fucking Or like, did somebody, did somebody invade their room and try to steal their shit? Like, was there, like, did somebody toss it trying to find out secret things about them? No, the, what the writer's brains go for is they fuck so hard- that they have broken a wooden and steel bed. <laughs> steel, a steel reinforced bed, as the media uh, is quick to fact check. It is baffling. As you said, this is what happens when you want there to be a sex scandal, but also you want it to make the candidate look good somehow. <laughs> and, like, it is. I was getting towards the like sexual maturity of a 14 year old of the writers in the last episode. Yes. And yes. this is another thing where it's just like, we, you can't. What if they have sex real hard? It's exactly it. So, bro, can you imagine, bro? Yeah, yeah. What if they fuck so hard they broke the bed? Like, I just. It's so fucking sweet. <laughs> I'm just the whole time just like, why don't you just do an affair or something? Do a young they lover. Like they don't want that. Exactly. They, you know, they don't want to make Santos actually bad or, or ir- irredeemable in any way. Like you can have small little things, uh, like minor spoiler, he has like a fuck up brother that it turns out he's been like sending the checks to every month, like a Hunter Biden type situation, <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, but not, but not that bad. Like, I don't oh. think he's a drug addict. He's just like unemployed yeah. kind of thing. And like, again, that would hardly rate as a scandal anyway, but I think. But, yeah, extremely minor. But when you're a president, everything's <laughs> under the microscope kind of thing. Sure. And I think to, to a small amount of credit, yes, this is the sort of thing that would be under the microscope. It is intensely weird. Yes. It's weird that the writers chose this of all the things they could choose, as as basically you said. You can create your universe however you please, and this is the direction that you choose. And it ends up just being a one-off, like, Monday news story kind of thing, and and ultimately helps the campaign. It's just mine for comedy, but it's not that funny. I do like the one shot where, uh, like, they're all looking at the photo and uh, the one uh, staffer's like, apparently the bed was steel reinforced. And they all kind of like look at it again, again. and poke their heads. <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> That's always good for a good comedy beat sort of thing. Well, and like, I think, you know, they turn it around much like they turn everything around and just say, well, yeah, like you got you can use this positively to be like, they have a loving relationship. And if you if you want to be crass about it, guy fucks. Great. Yeah. 
Like, America yeah. loves that it's shit. Like, yeah, just add another thing onto the Prom King uh, checklist. He fucks. Awesome. We want that. Yeah. And <laughs> he fucks. He drives fighter jets. What's not to love? Yeah. And then, you know, it goes to the end of the thing. And as you astutely observe, it's basically the entire end of the episode is like a country music video. And slash Navy recruitment ad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Where just beauty shots of fighter jets with uh, soft country music playing in the background. Like I said, just fire up some Kenny Loggins danger zone. It's it's basically Top Gun. Yeah. And his call sign is Badger, which is a great call sign. But <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I would I would like to say that for a show written for and by liberal scolds it's an incredible yes. choice like, it's a little bit on the nose isn't it <laughs> yeah. no no my my call name's hector my call name's shrill <laughs> my call name's annoyer yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very they're very literal in the navy badger where <laughs> <laughs> So, I think uh, that's uh, all about the campaign that we wanted to talk about. I just wanted to bring up oh, Janine yeah. Garofalo well, shows no. up in this episode, uh, and or comes back, I think, because we've seen her before, and uh, playing a character named Lou, uh, I forget the character's last name, uh, but basically signs on as the director of communications for the new Santos campaign, uh, basically there to be a foil to Josh and to be able to butt heads with him in a sort of productive way to like challenge his assumptions effectively. Yeah. I was going to do a break and then talk about her and Marley. Matt oh, okay. Being, but we can talk about it now. Because, I mean, I don't care. This is our sure. podcast. We can do whatever we want. Um, so Janine Garofalo is back um, and looking fine. Um, mm-hmm. So it's another, um, they have to, the writers have this one trick in their bag and it's to for Josh. <laughs> well, for everybody, and it's to be oh. the the way that you know that a character is endearing and good is when they do the quips and soliloquies to like the powerful people. Right. Yeah, she comes into a meeting that Josh is running, and like rather than just kind of like everyone else there is like basically a, a Democrat NPC, but she has like her own original ideas and quips and stuff. And that's how you know she's going to be, like, a spunky main character. Well, and this was actually, if it, you can tell that they didn't intentionally mean it. It was all in service of her being set up as such. But the Democrat NPC thing is extremely funny because they literally all go, they're, like, frowning and frowning. And then Josh makes a note about the media buy and then they perk up. And they're like, oh, we love your media buy. (laughs) Right, we love the media buy. That's the part where we get money. (laughs) And and it's it's acted very literally, like they are saying these yeah. things. It's, it's very so funny. fucking funny. Yeah. It's really actually good. Yeah, it, I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, but I hope it was played like to be like yeah, play it for laughs kind of thing. Well, because it feels like it's played that way. And Marley Matlin is back um, in the, the stable, consulting yeah. with Kenny and whatever. And so, and there is one extremely good joke that she like sells where Josh makes some sort of joke in this room and nobody laughs. And then Marley Matlin takes a beat beat and laughs Kenny translates. (laughs) And then Marley gets the translation and laughs like a beat too late. And it's so funny. She goes like, "Ah, (laughs) it's extremely well done. Okay. (laughs) So we have Janine Garofalo's Sand Truths as Lou, and basically she's just like, you guys, like, and I mean... You suck. 
Yeah, and to our point, <laughs> like that's earlier, her message overall. It's just constantly you suck. Your your campaign sucks. Your messaging sucks. And get it together. And you're being huge. Like you're being a wuss. Like fuck you. Right. Like that's why Vinick is running letting, you. You're letting Vinick run the table on you by like not doing anything and just have, like instead you're fighting with the White House over like dumb bullshit. Yeah, and she's absolutely right. And it's yep. just like oh okay, and because it it seems that. As a whole, the episode is doing this to the campaign. It is taking it from, you know, your nervous, your kind of your nebbish, if you'll forget the expression, like, like, oh, I don't know, like, we're, we're nine points down. Oh. Right. I want to think to an assertive and, frankly, like, affirmative and f- aggressive take on yeah. the campaign, which is what you must yeah, do like now. Yeah, we're in it to win it. Yeah. We're in it to win it now. Yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah, this is definitely trying to get more serious uh, in that regard. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's take a quick break here then, and we can come back and talk about the, the space others. shuttle. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then I fucking bone you completely, but then I'm on a Like there's a bunch of other stuff that happens in this episode, and um, I had a lot of trouble caring about any of it. <laughs> um, the space shuttle thing is confirmed, and basically they, the White House says that like they are just putting it out there that the astronauts up in space were actually just able to fix their shit on their own. They, that's the cover story, and like no one's buying yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and. I'm, you, you just see the White House just absolutely flailing about this. So we get some shots of like CJ and Toby being very nervous because Toby is supposed to be liaising, if you right. will. He's the liaison He's between the White House and the campaign. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's his. So obviously he's you know under fluster during all this, but obviously we know the real reason he's under fluster is he is of course the secret leaker, uh, and it, yes, which is adding a whole is. extra dimension of pressure to him during all this. But as of right now, all the show's pressure is on CJ and CJ's office, and they're going through a lot of it. And Greg Brock, the New York Times reporter who wrote the whole story about the military space shuttle, shows up, and CJ starts like reaming him out about like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing here? It's bad enough you're in my call logs. If like they find out you're visiting my office, they're gonna freak out." And he's like, "Oh, don't worry about that. I'm going to jail." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I've been arrested. Like, and CJ's like, what? <laughs> and, and has like a little freak out about that. And he goes to jail for like 18 months for, I don't know, leaking federal secrets or something. Or not cooperating by not turning over his sources no, I, or something like that. Yeah, I think it's he's held in contempt for, yeah, and for not, jailed. For not giving over his sources. Because uh, well, he, he's taken to his like journalistic ethics. Because, of course, this is West Wing. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, I... I couldn't help but notice that CJ in her chief of staff position, just like it, during their conversation, because obviously he's not in jail yet, but like during their conversation, she's fighting with him and beefing. And then he literally says like, Oh no, it's cool. I'm going to jail. And she immediately just about faces and says, well, what, what the fuck? Just tell him who your source is. All right. <laughs> it's like, Oh, oh, okay. I mean, we're all about journalistic integrity. Until, 
<laughs> until we're not. Until there's any Whoops. amount of hardship involved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I forget. I for actually totally forgot about this, but it, you know, it doesn't matter that much because you know it's just a reporter at the end of the day. Like you know, we don't know the reporters that well. They're not cast. No, I mean, I I think I physically know more about the actor who plays Greg yeah. Brock because he's Jason Robards' yeah. son. We would care if it was Danny, about if Greg it was Brock. Danny Kincannon, you know, because because yeah, yeah, yeah. him and CJ are like sweet on each other. But like, you know, she doesn't, she's not have feelings for Greg Brock, so it's just kind of like a, it's like one of those one-off guys who shows up and then dies, and it's like we barely got to know him. Except he's not even dying; he's just going to jail for eighteen months. He'll be fine. Like minimum security jail. Well, and it's, like he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he literally, he literally says, says it's like minimum a country security. club jail or something. So he'll he'll be yeah. fine. It's like probably one where he can go home on weekends <clears throat> or something. Well, and she they take this opportunity. The show does at least to remind us of Danny Kincannon because we haven't seen him in a long. No, time. not since the opening uh, with the flash forward to the three years future. But oh yes, oh no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. We have. So I take that back. We haven't seen him in the present. Not of in the, the present. You're right. In the present of the show, it's been quite a while. That yeah. was the that was the first yeah. time they so, brought Danny back, and it was just for the the Harry Potter three years. Yeah, the reunion. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man! But yeah, a um, couple other things to mention. Just to go back to a couple of campaign things, uh, we get we get Santos walking through the back of a restaurant. And like giving uh, autographs and everything to the staff and hitting hitting guys with like a hey como esta he's a man of the people folks yeah like he who sh- sir not appearing in this film <laughs> high fives the president <laughs> behind a stack of dishes um and yeah you know the uh, the space shuttle Gosh. stuff is such a fucking drag it really is. I wish it was all campaign so all the time because the campaign has at least the fresh energy of Jimmy Smith's and his yeah. charisma like you had discussed in the beginning of the episode. Well, there's a meeting at some point between the campaign and the White House mm-hmm. back at the White House where they fucking flip out at each other. And and it's about, you know, they, they've been talking about, about this education lead. bill. We mentioned it last time. And, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like... You guys, you could make this so much easier. Just stop, like, being pricks about your own... There And, I don't know, perhaps this was evolving during a time where there was legitimate concern. Because I was only, what, I was 20? when these, 22 when these were being sure. filmed? And, like, I, I couldn't tell you about the prevailing sentiment within the Democratic Party <laughs> at the time. Where it's like, why wouldn't you just collude at every possible level because can you imagine now like if we were if it was a two-term democratic well actually jesus christ is a bad example i was just gonna say if it's a two-term democratic uh, administration and they fought the candidate to keep the presidency and they fight the candidate like ooh. Oh, maybe yeah. not. Uh, I can't imagine, like, say, Obama fighting some sort of upstart candidate within the Democratic Party. No, I can't imagine that whatsoever. Yeah, but and but I mean, again, within the show's canon, no, it's stupid. Supposed to believe that world. Yes, these people are all on the they're, same. They're side. all on the same team, and it seems like it's just increasingly stupid circumstances that the writers are contriving to force these two to not play ball together because it seems like it's just yeah, a win-win if they just 
play ball and talk to each other and, you know, act friendly. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think that's exactly how it feels. It feels contrived. Right. It's, it's one like, of those, it's like a sitcom-esque well, situation where if the two characters could talk for 30 seconds straight, they could sort everything out. It's like that, but applied to the campaign in the White House. Yeah, like one phone call could fix this, but phones haven't been invented <laughs> yeah, yet. Oh, exactly. like if everyone would just pull the collective stick out of their ass and sit down and have one normal conversation, you could probably sort suss all of this out. Well, and you you see further kind of the kind of the I don't want to say the denigration, but like the disintegration of Toby as a character, mm-hmm. where he's just like around. Yeah, he's and just he's literally just there to like the. Um, in the Plinkett reviews, they talk. He talks about how, like, towards the towards the end of the sh- uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, they just have Riker there to be like the question asker, you know, to to mm. prompt exposition from the other characters, and that's what basically Toby's role is now. Like he's there. He's there yeah, to prompt exposition. <laughs> there, there's he also like they put him through like things where. Oh, we need an emotion for this scene. Have Toby be upset. Right. That they're going to ring that all like, season long, too. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it's kind of it's really disappointing. Yeah, Richard Schiff deserves better. He deserves better material. Uh, he's apparently Odin. God, he's now Odin. Yeah, he's Odin yeah. in the new fucking God of War Ragnarok. So that that's great. I I actually need to play that because uh, it's it looks very cool. Oh And man. I like the idea of Toby being the All Father. <laughs> That, that rules. <laughs> <laughs> the nebbish Jewish energy uh, brought to the the father of all Norse gods. I love it. Yep. But yeah, I think um, that I think that's about that it. That wraps it up. Uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, if you found our, th- uh, we love our your comments in our thread on uh, something awful or on bread and roses. Uh, if you found us a different way, hi, hello, welcome, and you could email the show if you'd like at theworstwing69 at gmail.com. Which is it's nice. always nice to get your questions, your comments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> uh, we're right back on the train. We're going to take a break for the holidays coming up. I'm flying back yeah. to be spend some time with my family. And uh, hopefully you all spend time with the ones you love and have a good, safe, and happy time during this holiday season. So thanks again for listening. Uh, enjoy your holiday break, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you in the new year in 2023. Yeah, we'll baby. see you on the flip side in 2023. But until then, everybody stay, stay safe. Bye bye. Bye. All the money you ask for, but don't ask me to come on along. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. <laughs>